Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one for 32 years, mom to eight, ages 17 to 30, Nana to seven and 25 year veteran homeschooling mom. Well, I guess technically it's 26 years now, but who's counting, right? Um, today I have a very special guest I'm excited to introduce. But before I do that, uh, some of you are first time listeners and you may not know that I have three books available that might just be a blessing to you. Um, the first one is The Unhurried Homeschooler. It is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. You can find that on my website, DorendaWilson.com and also at Amazon. I also have a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. That's also available on my website and Amazon. And finally, the four-hour school day, which just came out in June, um, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. And this is based on my uh, over 26 years of homeschooling experience. Um, I hope you'll check those out and share them with your friends. Also, uh, be sure to check out the search bar on the podcast page of my website. This is a handy dandy little tool that I like to share frequently because I have well over 250 podcasts and who wants to go through the list and read all the titles and figure out what you want to listen to. Instead, think about what it is that you you need right now. What do you what do you need to hear about? What kind of encouragement do you need or direction or um all you have to do is put the key words in that search bar and episodes should come up and that way you get to listen to what you really need to hear about now. So we're changing things up in this episode and I'm really excited about it. Today our topic is specifically for husbands. We don't typically do that. I have one or two that I've done with my husband, but um Moms, if you're listening, be sure to share this episode with your man so that he can be encouraged. Uh, most of you know, um, I mentioned before that I published a book through Zondervan back in June. And part of the process of launching a book is being interviewed on other people's podcasts. So I was delighted to be invited to speak to a slightly different audience over at dadtired.com. Um, so my guest today is Jared uh, Lopes, who is an author and the founder of dadtired.com, a nonprofit ministry focused on equipping men to lead their family well. He hosts the weekly Dad Tired podcast, listened to by hundreds of thousands of men from around the world. He and his wife, Layla, did I say that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> they live in Portland, Oregon with their four children. So welcome, Jared. I'm so excited you're here today. Well, it's so good to be here. And, uh, you know, two things stuck out to me as you gave that introduction. Uh, one is every time I hear that you're a mom to eight, I'm just jealous. I'm just like, man, <laughs> I, we, I need to like stop the podcast right now and ask my wife if we can go have more babies. Um, <laughs> that might be inappropriate. Um, and <laughs> I just read something too that said, I read an article this morning that there's a Pennsylvania... Um, some type of government official who's trying to limit, he just put a bill on the floor to try yes. to limit to three, three babies I saw that. per family. I'm like, what, what do we live in China? I'm, what? It's what ridiculous. I'm like, come on, man. You don't even, the, the big families are the ones giving the greatest contribution to our society, in my opinion. But 
I agree. Uh, I agree. The second thing oh I was going to say, sorry to hijack here, but the other no, thing I was going to say here is uh, your book. I just want to, I want to give a little endorsement of the four hour work <laughs> or four hour school week. Am I saying that right? Homeschool week? Work? Four hour school School's day. day. Yes. yes. Uh, that was so helpful for me uh, as on our homeschool journey. And the interview that you did on our show was just super, super motivating. It's helped a ton of guys. So anyway, I just, uh, I, I want to second that it's very much worth picking up. I appreciate that so much. Now, I have a question for you. What, how in the world did you come up with the name Dad Tired? Um, That was the most unintentional, great, (laughs) like good decision I've ever made. Um, I I, I was not trying to start a ministry or anything. I'll I'll spare you. It's probably for another podcast episode, but Layla and I were actually going through a really, really terrible season of life and marriage. And uh, Mm. to the point, I think we would both admit we thought we were probably going to end up in divorce, which is the track record of every man in my family. And, um, so we were actually in our heads planning out what custody would look like and how we were going to split things out. It was really, really terrible. Mm. Um, and again, I'll spare you all the details, but, um, God really used my wife to redeem my heart, to bring me back to him. Um, just Mm. her faithfulness and prayer. She was waking up at two in the morning, every morning, going to the living room, getting on her face and begging God Mm. to capture my heart again. And, oh, uh, wow. and I think God, an- I know God answered her prayers and as a, Clearly. Yeah. And as a result, <laughs> uh, I, in that season, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. I don't want to be like every other man in my family. And, uh, and so I just started to process online, like what I was feeling and what I was going mm-hmm. through. And I, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband. I just don't feel like I'm doing a good job. And anyway, all these guys started reaching around. There was one blog in particular that went viral and all these guys were reaching out like, Hey man, I, I feel the same way. And so I tried to channel all those guys into a Facebook group and Facebook said, what do you want to name the group? And I just put dad tired just to like kind of be funny. Uh, (laughs) And anyway, that turned into a whole ministry. I say, I always say God tricked me back into ministry. I had no plans to. to, That's so great. He's so good that way. He knows, he knows what's best and he knows how he wants to use us. And and you, he is using you mightily. And I love that because there, I don't feel like there's a lot of, um, ministry out there for dads that is, um, real and yet, you know, um, landing in that place of hope, the hope of the gospel and, and feet firmly planted on God's word. Um, it's just, there's, there's a lot of fluff out there and we need more stuff. And I think that's what guys are really wanting. And so, um, that's part of the reason we wanted to do this podcast is, you know, I talk to moms all the time, but dads, husbands play such an integral role when it comes to the family. And even when it comes to homeschooling, we know that, you know, a lot of times the mom pulls off the bulk of the homeschooling, but um, in, actually in the next episode, we're going to be talking about how dads can uh, support their wives um, as they're homeschooling the kids. But today we want to talk about um, two husbands about protecting your wife from fear. And so when Jared and I started having a conversation about what would we want to talk about, this is really one of the first things that popped in my mind because um, women tend to, we, we tend to deal with fear. I think more than men. Um, I think that's just, that's probably not an, an overstatement and maybe not even a generalization. I think, I think it's just true. Um, I know that's been my experience. And uh, in, as I've talked to moms over all these years, um, they deal with fear too. But now with all that's going on in the culture and the way that our world is changing, I just feel like it's magnified. And 
I know that my husband has played over the last 32 years a very integral part in protecting me from giving way to fear. Not that I haven't given way to fear, but he's really been a rock for me. And I sometimes forget to go to him and lean into him. And I think I have to do it myself. And But when I do remember that and I go back to him, it's amazing um, how God uses those biblical roles to... Um, to really bring that support that I need and that security that I need. Um, So I thought today we could talk about what we kind of feel like are the two most common fears Mm. that women typically face. Um, I feel like you can tell me what you think because you talk to dads all the time and maybe you get some feedback on this too, but I feel like the first one is inadequacy. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't want to uh, make any assumptions that I know what women fear in most. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have no I have no idea really. But you do have a wife. I do have a and wife, and you do talk to guys, yeah. and I don't know whether they communicate with you what what you know what their wives are yeah, struggling with. I, absolutely, I think what you just said is right. Like, am I good enough? Am I mm-hmm. am I am I a good enough mom? Am I a good enough wife? I know my wife has shared those uh, insecurities and fears with me. I've heard them often. Uh, am I doing a good enough job? Are we eating the right things? Or am I am right. I failing at homeschooling? Are my kids going to end up in prison or in some counselor's office? <laughs> you know, like all. You know, so I I think that from a man, from my perspective, which is limited as a man, but the, from objectively, I think I hear that and I see that often. Right, right, and I I feel like it's not that it, it kind of shifts from one thing to the other. Like we might be feeling okay about this over here, but then all of a mm. sudden we're fearing this over here. I, I feel like fear sort of crosses the the whole gamut of physical, mental, emotionally, spirit, uh, spiritually. I, I think often our fears are um, ignited or um, worsened by social media. Yeah. Um, you know, how we feel about our bodies, how we feel about the kind of job we're doing at whatever it is we're doing, um, you know, whether we're smart enough to do whatever it is that's in front of us to do, whether that's homeschooling or, you know, I know some women work part time. Um, so I feel like it can we can also feel like are we strong enough emotionally to walk through these difficult times that we're going through and how do we lead our kids well through it. And yeah, just so many things. I, I feel like it kind of comes down to, I, I, I'm not a good enough, you know, like fill in the blank. And um, I think that is something that's really, really um, prominent. And is I think it's been magnified. I know it's been magnified in my life and I'm, you know, supposedly an older, you know, more well-seasoned Titus II mom. And boy, I've struggled. I have struggled. And um, God is really faithful and he's, and he's, you know, slowly showing me things and, and, and strengthening me, but it hasn't been easy. And I think also for, you know, younger moms, um, older moms too, but really if you're just in the thick of raising a family, maybe the fear of the future is maybe a, a, another fear. Um, like you mentioned, will I be able to pull this off? Will I be able to be the mom I need to be through whatever it is that's about to happen that is unhappening at is happening and unfolding in front of us. And it's just, we're, I feel like we're on a roller coaster ride, you know? Yeah. My wife will say to me, we, we joke about it, you know, 12 years into marriage, but it, it wasn't as laughable early on in marriage. But, right, but one thing, right. one thing that she says is uh, she'll get it. She'll kind of get herself worked up. She'll, she often will start a sentence with one thing I'm worried about. 
And, right. and I, and I'll smile at her to just catch her. Cause I'm like, you, you've said that like four times today. <laughs> One thing I'm worried about, um, <laughs> something I'm worried about. Uh, and so, you know, I'm just, she'll say something like, you know, one thing I'm worried about and I'll kind of smile and then she'll say, oh, I'm future tripping, aren't I? Which just means mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting anxiety about something that has yet to happen, aren't I? Like I'm getting ahead of myself. And one, even right. just yesterday, my wife said, th- she said, in the last three days, I've heard Matthew 6, 33, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Essentially mm. seek Jesus first and everything else is going to be taken care of. Um, she said she heard that three different times from three different places just mm-hmm. randomly. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just that constant reminder of, okay, I, I know that my 10 tendency is to jump ahead of myself and be worried about tomorrow, about the next year, about the next 10 years. But what does it look like to seek Jesus first today and then let Jesus mm-hmm. kind of take care of it the rest mm-hmm. of the day? That's so good. You know, we, I, my friend and I used to refer that uh, to that as borrowing trouble. Mm. Yeah. You know, it talks about how, you know, today has enough trouble of its own, isn't, yep. you know, uh, tomorrow will, you know, take care of itself. And really uh, it's so true. We, we serve a sovereign God and he's a good God. And I think sometimes as believers, we see ourselves as like clumped up and bunched up with the world mm. because we're all kind of living on the same planet. But I think we need to remember that we are set apart. Yeah. A- so, aliens, sojourners, passerbyers. Yes. This is not home. Exactly. And it's, you know, he says that we're, um, you know, he calls us holy, that we're to be holy and set apart and um, separate from the world. And that doesn't mean we don't live in it, but we're not of it. And so that means our thinking is going to be just what you were mentioning. Our focus is on the kingdom of God. And that sounds sort of like profound and ethereal. But at the end of the day, what does that look like? To me, as a mom, it looks like God's given me good work to do in front of me. I've got these children that I I can love and and take care of and pay attention to, and that calling has not changed regardless of what's going on in the world. And so God helped me to be content right here doing this thing that you've put in front of me, and I'm going to let you handle this other stuff out here that I have no control over, and just pour your heart and soul into your family and into what God's put right in front of you to do. And um, the fact that she heard that verse three times to me, that's always like, that is God. He is speaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son just asked me the other day, like, dad, how do you know when God's talking to you? And this would mm-hmm. be one example. If you hear yes. the same thing over and over and over again, you got to ask yourself, okay, does this align with scripture? Does this right. align with the character and reputation of God? And then mm-hmm. why am I hearing it so often? <laughs> you know, like, right. uh, I think the Lord's trying to, to get, catch my attention here. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, one thing I, I, I'll say is going back to, you know, that feeling of inadequacy. Um, I, I know you said at the beginning, you know, wives send this episode to your husband. I, I just want to say something first to the wives and then also mm-hmm. to the husbands. Mm-hmm. The, f- mm-hmm. the first thing I would say to the wives is, um, and it, men often love sports. Women love sports too. I'm a, I'm a big sports guy. And so in sports, we will, I, I coached for many years. And one thing that you do is you'll, you'll study the other team, uh, your mm-hmm. opponent to see what they do so that when you show up, you have kind of a game plan. I think as Christians, we know we have an enemy that this, that this battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against a government or any of that. It's against the, mm-hmm. their deeper spiritual things happening. And so right. then we want to study, okay, one, we know we have an enemy. Now two, what is the enemy's reputation? What does he consistently do? And that will give us a better idea. How do we live our lives as Jesus followers, mm-hmm. knowing who our enemy is? So here's one mm-hmm. thing I would say in Genesis, 
You remember when Satan was whispering into the ear of Eve? Uh, she's in the Garden of Eden, right? She's in the most beautiful, organic, farm-to-table, non-GMO, <laughs> like the best <laughs> garden of vegetables and fruit and food that you could possibly imagine. But Satan comes up and whispers into her ear and says, did God say you can't eat from any of these trees, which we know is a lie. First words we ever hear from Satan are a lie. She says, no, we can mm-hmm. eat from any tree. We just can't eat from this one tree. The knowledge of good and evil, if we do, will surely die. He says, sure, you're not going to die. If you eat of this fruit, you will be like God, knowing good mm-hmm. and evil, right? So mm-hmm. here, here's the, the, the point I'm making. The first time that we see Satan talking, he's talking to a woman and he's whispering into her ear this. Keep in mind, she is should be fully satisfied in Christ, right? She has right. everything she needs in God. But she, but this is what Satan whispers into her, her ear. Essentially this, you don't have enough. If you mm. blank, you will blank. That's, that's the lie. If you eat of mm. this fruit, you will be like God. What he's essentially saying is, you need more. You need something right. else right. other than God. God has not given you enough. Your identity in God is not enough. But if you do this, you will be blank. And that same, Satan is incredibly effective, but his mm-hmm. tactics are not new. It's the same, right? Yep. right? Yep. He is whispering into your, if you're a wife or a mom listening to this right now, a woman listening to this, he is whispering into your ear, most definitely today, if you fill in the blank, you will fill in the blank. If you just were a little bit better at homeschooling, your kids mm-hmm. would be more successful. If you could just lose a little bit weight, more weight, if you mm-hmm. just fed your kids a little bit more better food, if you had better friends or you were a better wife or your husband did that, whatever it is, if you do this, you will be like this. It's a lie from Satan because when mm-hmm. we go back to the truth of the scripture, we know I need nothing outside of Christ and Christ mm-hmm. alone. He mm-hmm. alone, that's what Eve should have said. No, mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. But actually, I'm totally satisfied in my relationship with God. But right, instead, she believed right. the lie. If I do this, then I'll be like this. And it's the same lie that Satan's whispering into many, if not all, women's ears right now. Right, right. So as a husband, um, there's a specific role that a husband would play, does play in that um, when it comes to protecting his wife. And so so I feel like... Y- Eve, yes, should have resisted, and and Adam should have stepped in when he was aware of what was happening because she offered that fruit to him. Um, I, I feel like, what is your take on that? Like yeah. in terms of protecting his wife, what did he fail to do? Yeah, look at yeah. So you're right. Look at the rest of the story. She takes of the fruit, she eats of it, and then she turns to her husband, who what the scriptures say, who is standing with her. And he eats of it too, right? Ouch. Husband is standing there with her as the enemy is whispering into his, her ear and he says nothing. And then he takes Mm. of it and he eats of it. So many Mm. guys, you you could talk to 10 out of 10 guys right now and say, Hey, do you you want to protect your wife? Every one of them is going to be like, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and they'll think, you know, I'm, I'll I'll just speak for myself as a man. I'm looking out, I'm in my office right now. I'm looking out the window. I see, I've got a security camera set up that I probably spent too much money on. My wife's like, I don't think we need that. (laughs) I've got a little sign in my yard that says, Hey, we are protected by this security system. I, uh, I don't know if this is going to, you know, be uh, controversial. I'm a fire, a legal firearm Mm -hmm. owner, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? I've got a lot of ways to protect my family. 
right? Mm-hmm. I've got bolts on my door and all that stuff. Every guy would say, I want to protect my family. But the lie that we believe is that all they need is physical protection. Do Does our family need to be physically protected? Absolutely. Are the chances high that somebody's actually going to come into my house and harm my family? It's actually really, really low. But mm. there is a very high chance that the enemy is whispering into my wife's ear and into my kid's ear right now, right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. And so what does it look like for me as a husband to protect my wife? Well, it means spiritually, emotionally, physically, like every every way that I can think of, what does it look like to protect the hearts of the one that God has, the ones that God has has entrusted me with? Mm, That's so good. It's so true. And you know, because that role is God given, God has ordained you husbands in this role that you are in right now. That means that he will equip you. But I, you know, the scripture says we have not because we ask not. Mm. So ask him for exactly what you need. If, you know, if you find yourself afraid that you can't, you know, that you're not um, adequate for the job because it is a big job. It's an important job. um, But don't run away from it. Don't back away from it run into it and run into it, you know, asking the Lord for wisdom, asking him, you know, James one says, if any of you lacks wisdom, um, let him ask of God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given yeah. to him. But when he asks, he has to believe and not doubt. Otherwise you're just, you you end up uh, like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. It's like having a divided heart. You can't, you can't serve two masters. Either God is your master or he's not. And so you go to him and you ask him for wisdom. No man is going to do this perfectly. My husband hasn't done this perfectly, but boy, howdy. He's been willing and he keeps, he keeps at it. <laughs> he keeps showing up. And I think that alone has made such a difference in our lives. I can't tell you what I, we've been protected from mm. because my husband has shown discernment, not been afraid to be honest with me if I'm off the rails. You yeah. know, um, that can be a difficult thing to do because we don't want to upset the wife, you know, happy wife, happy life. You know, that's what they say. But at the end of the day, what, what is really, what it, what is really loving and protecting her? It is keeping truth at the forefront of the relationship. And, um, and, and you know, obviously pray beforehand if you think she's going to get upset, but, you know, ask God to prepare her heart. But as a wife speaking to um, to this, I can say sometimes it hurt if, at first. And sometimes I wasn't very happy at first when my husband would say something truthful and yet, you know, kind of painful. Um, but ultimately, I was so incredibly thankful. It was such a gift. Um, to me as a wife. Yeah, that's so good. And you know, the, the here's what it looks like real practically, I think, because it can sound really, you know, big and like, well, what does that mean? Here, right, here, here's right. real practically what it looks like. In our, in our house, I'll just ask my wife two questions often. I'll, I'll ask her, how's your heart? Like, mm-hmm. and she, and she knows those are the words that we use for me to ask. Like, I don't ask, how was your day? Because, right. you know, for many moms, it's, well, what do you mean? How's my day? My day was chaotic. I got like, I got poop right. on my, my hands and then I was trying to cook. Uh, do you really want like, to know? <laughs> yeah, to, you know just, so not how was your day, but I asked, how was your heart? And that's just permission mm. for her to like, let's take it a level deeper. It's a very simple right. question, but she knows we can take it a level deeper. So that's one way I'm pursuing her heart. I want to see how her heart's doing. But the other thing I ask is, hey, what lie are you believing about? Mm. Whatever? Like what, what lie are you believing right now from the enemy? And then she could just say it. And it's not like, I'm not telling her, hey, you should do this or do this. I'm just like reminding her gently and allowing her space to answer, what lie am I believing? Well, I'm believing that I'm not a very good mom right now. I'm believing that Mm -hmm. I I need to do more in order for my kids to be successful or for God to be proud of me or for my husband to really like me. And I can just then speak truth. 
Um, man, how cool would it have been? The Bible would be like three pages if Adam would have asked that, <laughs> right? right? What, what lie are you believing? Exactly. Right? You're, you're believing that if you eat that piece of fruit, um, mm. that you'll be more satisfied than you are. But Hey babe, can I remind you? Like we're in the garden of Eden with God, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. you don't need anything more. And so the same thing to my wife, like, babe, can I just remind you, you are loved by the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like our, our kids are deeply loved by him, a better father. Um, you know, so I, we're okay. We're okay. Like we know right. how the story ends. Uh, right. and so just whispering or maybe shouting truth in a very mm-hmm. loving way when the enemy's trying to whisper lies. Right. And what you're doing is pointing her back to Christ. Yeah. You're pointing her back to the essence of the gospel and, um, you're speaking the truth over her and you're recognizing when the enemy is trying to get a foothold and you're not afraid to do um, battle the way that, you know, whatever needs to be done to protect your family. And I love the way you likened it to the physical protection, because I think that's very much innate in in a man. And I just I love that about um, about men is how protective they are and how conquering they are. But if you can think of um, this, these other areas that we're talking about um, just as much. Uh, of a of a place to protect and to conquer and to keep the enemy at bay and um yeah. you know my husband pray, every day he prays over our family mm-hmm. and just for a hedge of protection and um in fact our daughter-in-law who's been married to um our fifth child um third son for about 2 years um she said to us not long ago she said you know there's something very special about this family. Mm. She said, it's like, if you're part of this family, you have a special protection. And so then I could tell her, you know, um, just so you know, my husband, you know, Daryl prays every single day for this family. And I also have a mom who prays really fervently and a father-in-law who prays fervently. So we've got kind of this multi-generational protection thing on, but that's another thing. You know, that the husbands, husbands remember to pray over your family and, um, and, and ask for, ask God what you really want for them. Like I I remember doing that not that long ago, because sometimes as believers, I think we get into this mode of praying for what we should pray for Mm. instead of what we really want, you know, for what we're really concerned about in the moment for our family, you know? So each child, I would just say, okay, what do I really feel like this child needs right now. And then I would just pray specifically for that. And oh my goodness, God loves to answer specific prayers. I'm just going to say that. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. And, and getting to the spot where you pray for desperation, uh, out of yeah. out of desperation, I should say. Like, yes, I, exactly. We got hit hard with COVID a couple of weeks ago and I was about mm. seven days in and I'm like, all right, I'm praying like I'm Lord, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Like I need to, mm. I need you to show up and I'm kidding you not, you know, this, I don't want to over spiritualize or sometimes under spiritual. I don't want to under spiritualize either. You know, I, I woke up and I felt better and I'm just like, man, I think God sometimes likes to answer our prayers out of desperation. But, but my point in that is you got to be honest with yourself about what are you actually desperate for? You can't save your kids. You are desperate for God to save your kid. We need God to show up and to radically capture their hearts in ways that we can't. We'll do everything we can to partner with God, but ultimately we need the Holy Spirit out of his grace to save our kids. So then we pray out of desperation. God, we, mm-hmm. we need you to show up and do a work in our family. When you pray like that, mm-hmm. uh, you just pray differently. Yeah, you really do. And it's not, I don't think it's particularly in a guy's nature to pray like that no. because I feel like, I know my husband he, you know, he's a guy, he's self, self self-sufficient, quote unquote, you know, they like to be somewhat 
self-sufficient, strong, and all of that, and, and praying those prayers can be humbling. But that is, I think that's a very powerful place to be you know, taking that humble posture before the Lord, um, because God says, you know, humble yourselves before me and in due time, I will lift you up. And so he promises that if we are obedient and take a humble posture, he's going to honor that. And so I think that's just something to to keep in mind and don't be afraid um, to do. Now, there's one other little thing I want to talk about really quickly that has been a temptation for me as a mom over the years. Um and it, I call it uh, mommy martyrdom syndrome, mm. um, where I've, I've just felt sorry for myself. Mm. You know, I've got all these kids and I'm so tired. And, you know, I think my husband did a good job of, you know, saying, I understand, but you've got this. God gave us these kids. And what do you need from me? How can I help? You know, so... I, I think, and I hear, you know, on social media and stuff, a lot of times I'll see some of that direction with moms where it's like, they're just, I don't know how to explain it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Just kind of like they've given into self-pity and instead of seeing their job as, um, and and maybe it's because they're discouraged, I don't know, but I feel like um, one thing that husbands can do is just be watchful and mindful that she doesn't go down that slippery slope and do what you, I mean, obviously prayer is going to be something that encourages her coming alongside of her saying, Hey, listen, you know, what do you need help with? Do you want me to do the dishes? Do you want me to put the kids to bed or how can we do this better? How can we, my husband would do that. So like, how can we do this in our family rhythm in a way that makes you not so exhausted? Because if it's becoming the rule instead of the exception, that's when I would start to feel sorry for myself because I was just so tired. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess I just wanted to, you know, I don't know if you can speak to that or not, but um, uh, I can't speak to it because my wife okay. works as a nurse two days a week, sometimes three days oh, a week. And I feel wow. all that self-pity when she comes home mm-hmm. after a 12, 14 hour day and I'm <laughs> yes. the one like crying in the corner. I can't do this. <laughs> this is too hard. So yes, I, I not only do I know what you're talking about. I felt it as recently as yesterday. Right. Uh, oh gosh! <laughs> uh, but the, you know, I, here's what I, I would say to that. Um, what happens is I, I think that we often lose sight of a big picture and a bigger mm-hmm. vision. And so I mm-hmm. think as families, we have to, and, and I would highly encourage men to try to step up and lead in this. But what is God calling us to as a family? Big picture. If you don't mm-hmm. have that, holy moly, you're going to get so worn down by the mundane day to day. I've changed 15 diapers today. I've right. picked up, I've wiped the milk up again. Like a, if I don't have a bigger picture in mind, where am I trying to go 30 years from now? What do I want my kids to be like? What do I want the, mm-hmm. the generations of our family, the legacy of our family to look like 200 years from now? If I don't have a very right. clear vision of that, that spilled milk and those diapers and that tantrum is going to bury me. Um, mm. but in the middle of that, I can recognize, okay, this is kingdom work spilling up or cleaning up the spill is actually kingdom work. Changing this diaper is yes. kingdom work. It's all kingdom work. Cause I know where we're going, but if you don't know where you're going, that's going to, that's going to dry you up real quick. That's really great. And so I think maybe in those circumstances, if it's the wife on the, on, on that, you know, in that instance, um, I think that'd be a great way for a husband to encourage her, say, you are doing important work because we know, and I know, um, the knowing is deeper because I'm I'm way down the road and most of my kids are adults. 
But when we raise our children, we are also raising our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Think multi-generationally. If you can think multi-generationally, like you mentioned, um, in the midst of that, all of a sudden, like you said, it brings you out of the muck and mire and out into this bigger landscape where you can say, okay, um, this isn't just for these kids in this moment. This isn't just survival. This is really um, so our family can thrive and we can thrive multi-generationally. Um, so I love that. That is such a, yeah, mom, I love that perspective. Moms, just remember you're, you're raising disciples and there's literally nothing more you can do for the kingdom right now than being in that house raising those kids like, and, and dads too, like you, we are disciple making and they're and disciple making is so messy. Think about that. We changed diapers, but Jesus like pulled Peter signs, like oh, Peter, you're, you're literally, you're speaking like from the devil, you know, like, there's like <laughs> right. there's you just got to pull them aside and it's messy and you got to do the work, but that's all disciple making. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And, and I can tell you, um, all these years later, it is so worth it. And, you know, I'm in a different season now, but we are still investing in our adult kids. And because we laid that foundation in the early years of being committed to that bigger picture, um, it has, you know, it's been that that sort of that driving force. And so it makes you make decisions, all those little decisions so much differently. We didn't do everything perfectly by any stretch of the imagination, but um, but just continuing to be faithful, to show up, to plod, to keep your hand to the plow over and over and over again. All of a sudden now we're in this place with grown kids and we have this amazing, wonderful relationship with every single one of them, eight adult kids. Amazing. Like that's unheard so of. Inspiring. And I didn't, I just kind of, you know, we just kind of did it. And because we we were committed to it and we just believed that's what God called us to do and did it by faith. And sometimes when we couldn't see and, um, and now we're looking around as our kids are kind of going out into the world and, and, and they're being exposed to, you know, a lot more of the world. They're like, wow, what we have is so amazing. We don't want, we don't want that to fray. We don't want that to come apart. And so they're continuing to invest as well as, as kind of an extended family. So uh, it really is. I'm just, my point is to say it is worth it. You're right. Just cleaning up the milk, changing the diapers, just keep doing it. It's it's, it's, it is kingdom work. Yeah. I love that description. It's kingdom work. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to go ahead and close this episode for now, but boy, this was an encouragement. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and, uh, and that just the wisdom there that God has certainly done a work in, in your heart. And I'm, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for this ministry you have and um, so appreciate you being here today. Um, I would love for you to quickly mention ways that dads can connect with you. Yeah. Dadtire.com. That's the best way. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, if there's anything more that you think of later, we'll include all of that in the, in the show notes. So um, dads, moms, you can go there and connect with Jared there. So um, we're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. God, thank you for the privilege of doing this kingdom work that you've put in front of us. Thank you that while the world is going through all kinds of changes and upheaval, God, we can create um, and invest in something that is unchanging. Lord, your kingdom is unchanging. And this family that you've given us, this these children that you've given us to raise, this job that you put in front of us um, is, is an unchanging job. It is a, is a commitment that 
um, spans for generations, Lord. And so we pray that every parent who's listening right now um, would just feel so encouraged and so inspired. We ask that you would give them wisdom and clear direction as they maybe rethink and regroup how they're going to move forward um, as they uh, deal with the fears that come along. Lord, we pray that you would give them victory. And we thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 